This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Do you think we'll be able to live our lives again without these politicians shoving this crap down our throats? No, I ever? don't. Ever? Do you think I, it ever change? I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's more and more people that are apathetic about it, like me, where God, it I does not, so. nothing. If somebody came in here with a mega shirt and was like, yeah, yeah I'd go, go, at least you have a hobby. Mm-hmm. I don't have one. I still don't understand <laughs> what you guys see the difference in, in Trump and Biden. They're the same exact person. They're both full of shit and all about themselves. Well. Well, they are. All right. You don't think so? No. Oh, but God, that's such a ridiculous point. I'm just saying. You're, you're such a fool. I won't go into detail, <laughs> but I like not thinking about our president, and I don't. Well, that's what uh, I'm once saying. Once in a while, I just want somebody to check if he's still alive, like put a little finger to the pulse. Sure, that'd be good. That'd um, be or maybe good. like, you know, just check if they're weekend at burning he's burning him. I literally. But I like that. He, I don't like that we're hearing constant bickering. I like, I and I know I when it comes to their politics, I don't really care. But I don't like that that outwardly I can grab a woman's vagina. Well, of course. I mean, but that's that just was a given. The, he said it, and he was very I vocal. know. And I'm not even I saying that understand. Biden doesn't secretly think that. But I don't like that that was constantly out there. I just and again, I don't have any viewpoints with that are strong. I don't yeah, really. I don't care. really care. I know you just, don't. But I really wish they would just leave us alone. That would be very nice. I love that for us. Yeah, I love if, that for us. If it could happen. But I did it. I did go back. It's not just Trump and Biden. I did go back. I cannot find a president that I would have liked. Do you know what I like? I don't know who manages this building. And mm-hmm. I love that for us. I don't know who what right. their viewpoints right. are. I don't whatever. The building's running fine. And I love that for me. That's how I would like my presidency to be. See, here's, I'll give you an example of how far off kilter I am. I thought he was a horrible president. But I do think that Jimmy Carter is a very nice person. Right? I mean, that, that makes sense. Yeah, you can it? be both. That goddamn yeah, you can be both. peanut Absolutely. farmer. <laughs> that peanut farming son of a bitch. Everybody knows that peanut farmers are. Yeah, look back at all of them. The oh, things worse. that people did in, when they were in office, way out of line. Yeah. I mean, just way. And I'm talking about both parties. Not one party was innocent of this. It was no. horrible. No, I'm with you. You know, why don't we put all the Japanese in concentration camps? Ooh. Yeah, what a great idea that was. Thanks. Gulp. <laughs> I just all of them. They're all money grubbing pigs, don't you think? I, absolutely. You. I mean, we both agree that you have to hit a certain part of narcissism, and mm-hmm. the ladder to this high level of power is on the backs of other people, no matter who you are. You know what I'm going to do? My next vote is going to be based on whatever. I don't give a rat's ass which party they're—Democrat, Republican, Independent, whatever. One that finally doesn't try to rip the other guy to shreds. That's who I'll vote for. I'm fine with if you that. have to rip somebody else to shreds, you're not very good at your job. But that being said, we still will take voiceovers where we rip to shreds. We will take that money. Oh, you will? Want. You'll take the <laughs> yeah. money? I mean, you, and you, you won't. We just want to go on the uh, alert to say, like, if you want us to go, he's a garbage man with Garbage views. We'll take that money. I used to do a lot of presidential ads back in the day. I could imagine your voice. Give us. I remember back in. Remember the last one that I endorsed. No. Who's the guy to put on the the helmet and got in the tank? What was his name again? I forget. um, God, what was his name? I can see his face, but I can't remember. But I did his presidential campaign because you know, I've. You know, I've been a, a Democrat and I've been a Republican, so I don't know which. I, I didn't care for either one of How them. How do you even like declare anything? Like, it's kind of like when I the way I look at it is when we talked about the office and him declaring Dukakis. Dukakis. That's exactly mm-hmm. who it was. Dukakis, and, and and that that ruined. <laughs> I do think that spot that I cut ruined his run <laughs> <laughs> because he looked like such a douchebag. Give us a little. Give us a little like. He doesn't love his mother. No, my favorite one is still from the movie At Close Range. And uh, didn't you play that one day on the air? I think you did. I think so, maybe. My favorite line in that whole, I did the, I used to do a lot of movie trailers when I lived in New York, which I love to do, by the way. They're very easy to do. Yeah. But there's a line in there. It's Christopher Walken and Sean Penn. And Sean Penn is Christopher Walken's son. And they're both criminals. And I got to say, like father, like son, like hell. <laughs> ah? Ah? What do you think of that movie trailer there, sister? Okay, this is what I need you to say. Say, he doesn't recycle. 
Yeah, I could do that. Get rid of him, because he doesn't recycle. See, we can get we'll, we'll release all of that stuff. See, and okay, so you can go through me. I'm gonna take a percentage, but I will get to. Yeah, of say course, it. you gotta get um, your percentage. We'll literally say whatever you want for the right money. We sure. have no alliances. Sure. All we have is the almighty dollar. So um, come to us. We'll say whatever in, in Tom's voice. I'll just we'll work it out. You get that deal going. I'll work on that. For me. We have no. Just don't expect us to be pro or con. You know what I really like. I mentioned that I, I can't find one president I've ever liked. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many messages I've gotten going, yeah, no shit. I know. <laughs> I know. I've got, so yeah. So they kind of feel the same way. Yeah, people are funny. Yeah, I know. Like I said, I could never get so whipped up in politics that I'd get angry or punch someone over politics. No, but I, they do it all the time. Yep. He's, why? I'm he's so, a man who doesn't get angry at other politicians. <laughs> yeah, you see? That's who he is. He'll punch you for no reason, but not politics. Mm-hmm. Because he's a Barnard. His uncle was thrown off a building. Did he do it? Maybe. <laughs> I might have thrown him off, although I was only about, I think, 13 at the time. You're saying a 13-year-old can't throw somebody off a building? Not when they're 6'3 and weigh about 240. Is Tom Bernard a teenage murderer? <laughs> I could have been a teenager. That's true. You guys, I have to tell you something crazy that happened last night. Speaking of teenagers. So there's a thing in our neighborhood. I live in Eden Prairie. There's a thing called Nerf Wars. And they shoot each other with Nerf guns. I guess it's like a senior class thing. Yeah, right. And I live right next to this busy street, Pioneer Trail. It's right next to. I love that place. Yeah, yeah. You was right next to Bearcat. Yep. Um, And so these are now to the point where kids are driving around and there's no like pull off area in Pioneer. They right behind our house pulled off. People, kids are like hanging out the window, running around on this busy road, trying to shoot each other with Nerf guns. And I'm thinking, Ooh, you're going to get hit by yeah. a car, a thousand. That's a, I think it's 50 miles an hour speed limit right there, running around on that Ooh. street, yeah, like don't do idiots. Like, go do that at a park. I don't care that you're shooting each other. I don't care that you're yelling. You come in my backyard and fire at each other with these stupid well, Nerf Eden guns. Well, Eden Prairie's not that hard to find a prairie anyway. <laughs> I, I mean, know. it's a prairie. It says Eden Prairie. I, and I'm not like a not in my yard or angry person, <laughs> right, but I just see right. them running around like crazy. I go, you are going to get hit. Cars pass by, just flying Ooh. by. Oh. He never went to war, except for a Nerf war. Did you vote war. for a man who's been to a Nerf war? Sports. Not my vote, Three. not my country. Three, Three years in the Nerf war. <laughs> it's all true. Only saw his family for dinner every night. <laughs> I love it. Boy, those were the days. Isn't it funny, because Rudy, you do voiceover and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Years later, all of a sudden, something you did pops up again. And yeah, it's like, it's like what You're, they brought that back. Do you get cash for that after? Oh or yeah, is it you have, one they time? have to pay you. Really? Yeah, yeah they yeah. have to pay you. Yep. The only time I ever got hosed was a Lipton iced tea ad that I did for really? a local Pepsi company. This was in Wisconsin, and it was like you know they have the local distributors, and one of the clients he was a client, so I just I did an ad for him, and then a friend of mine had called me from North Carolina, and said, "Are you on a Lipton iced tea ad?" And I was I said, "Yeah, but here in Wisconsin, are you in the state?" And he goes, no, I'm in North Carolina. Oh. I was like, excuse me? So oh. I did a little digging, and I got a hold of some salespeople, and I'm like, hey, what happened with the, the spot there? How come uh, it got sent out to other states? And apparently this Pepsi distributor had gone to, like, a conference and played this Ooh. ad for other Pepsi distributors, and they went, hey, can you send that? So they MP3'd it over to these people, and then they put it on other radio stations. You can't and, do that. And that's what I said. So I made, I made a huge fuss about it. And, of course, our general sales manager you know, pulls me aside one day and brings me into an office and is like, maybe we should just let this one go because no. they're a big client. And I'm like, okay, well, then how about the next time you guys make a big sale, I just decide to not do the spot for you. Yeah, there it, you go. Yeah, because it, we'll just let this one go. And mm-hmm. that was the only time I ever made a big fuss about it. And at the end, obviously, because... You know, at that time, radio people were not making money. I got railroaded, and they never paid me for it. And really? Uh, absolutely, they would not. Nope. Wasn't they, it a, was it was not a union deal? No, because it was. I did it for the radio station. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. and they sent it off to other markets. Yeah, and you can't yeah. be doing that. So it was awful, man. Yeah, it's terrible. With it's Jesus. and it's such a weird business because some spots you get five thousand dollars, and some spots you get fifty dollars, yep. and you're, there's it's the same voice. 
for 30 seconds, but you just, they put a different price tag on it. It's true. It's weird. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's way out of line, people yeah. doing that, that whole kind of deal. Was there ever anybody that you did get besides, I know you did the Dukakis, but was there any political people that did come across your desk where you went, I'm good. I don't need to do this voice. Oh, right. yeah, there were a lot of that. Yeah. A lot of that happened and to people. You have to remember, I've, I've been a Democrat and I've been a Republican, and then I kind of moved to the center, so I've been all three things. So it, it's like, I, I, maybe that's why I see these political parties as all being the same. Sure. Because they are. They're exactly the same. It's all the same BS behind the scenes, all the rest of it. And the one thing I will tell you, we talked about this leaving uh, the, the family podcast yesterday. I cannot tell you how many endorsements I've done, recorded endorsements for political campaigns. Not one of them, after their term was over, ever contacted me again. Wouldn't you think if you helped them get elected by them using your voice, they might be a little loyal? Yeah. Not, ha not with politicians, man. No. Not, not any of them, to tell you. And I've got a couple of friends that are politicians. Well, like Jimmy Francis. He's the mayor of South St. Paul. <laughs> Who's better than Jimmy? There's nobody better than Jimmy. Matter of fact, he should call his Uncle Carl and have Carl call in. Catman, how you doing? I don't think we I can because we don't have an hour of time to him slowly talk. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a problem. Would you get to it, sir? Ugh. I'd really appreciate it. You're telling me that I talk too quietly? Oh, you're still hung up on that, still Jamie. Still hung up on that. Who Jimmy. was that that told you that? It was Carl. Oh, that's right. It was Carl that told you that you talk too quietly. Would you describe yourself as sensitive, JB? Oh, yeah. Oh, sensitive, JB. <laughs> When you're, you're the seventh of nine, somebody's got to be quiet, somebody's got to be sensitive, and I wound up being both. Not in my family. <laughs> There's no quiet people in my family. No Same. question about it. Dad, I guess Troy was kind of, well, he wasn't quiet, but he wasn't as aggressive as ever. Although one time I was with him in, at a party, and he had been drinking a little bit. Yeah. And some guy came over and started bad-mouthing him. And so Troy looks at me, he looks at the guy, he makes a fist and kisses his fist. That, you have told me that story before, and I have used that move. I Don't you love that? It's so funny. Because the guy just starts laughing when you mm -hmm. do that. They aren't even pissed off anymore. They're like, yeah. that's hilarious. It's man. just so funny. <laughs> it just changes the mood. Troy was a very, very funny guy. Well, he was a bartender. Yeah, he was. And so it's sure. funny that you even call him quiet, because I don't think you can get up a quiet bar. No, no, you know? he was not. But he was somebody who let other people talk well you know what we got to get mick sterling on the show because i haven't I, I think mick wanted to be on the show last month and i don't know how the hell i dropped the ball on him but mick mick was a good friend of my brother troy's so it made me think of it but mick you're always welcome in this show and i sorry i guess i don't know what the hell happened i lost the note or something but yeah please do come back on yeah. great guy really really good guy but that sounds great i do miss little floyd i will tell you that i really miss him a lot he's a very very funny guy i said i I could go on and on. Some of the bullshit that he did over the years just made me laugh like there's a, My brother's a pretty damn funny, actually. Yeah. So it should be. I'm telling you, I had the best time at Alex's wedding because I uh, oh, yeah. got put at a table with them, and they were just... I My mean, brothers? Yeah, well, Troy, oh, I you said... you talk about torture. I was laughing so hard. Um, yeah, it was just a blast. They were goofballs. Oh, man, it was... Living at my mother's house with all those people was just unbelievable. It was... Every weekend we'd get together, we'd play the piano, sing songs, tell jokes. God, it was wonderful. Yeah. All right, we do have to take a break here because we got Phil Mackey and Kent Herbeck coming up next, but right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live at TomBernardShow.com or on the Tom Bernard Show app. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. 
So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Hi, this is Tom Bernard. If you've been listening, you know I'm a fan of Nissan vehicles. I own an Altima. My son and daughter-in-law both own Nissans, and we bought them all at Walzer Nissan stores here in the metro. They hang their hats in Burnsville, Wyzetta, and Coon Rapids. So why is Walzer different than other Nissan stores? And why should you absolutely go there this month? Tell them I personally sent you to lease or buy your next vehicle. First, there's Walzer Care, a complimentary powertrain warranty that will keep you covered for miles to come for free at Walzer Nissan. This month, you can score 0% financing for up to 60 months on select Nissans, or you can lease the 2023 Nissan Pathfinder S for only $269 a month. You'll need to tell them you want the Tommy B deal, of course. That's understood. So, not just Nissan, but Walzer Nissan, Burnsville, Wyzetta, and Coon Rapids. Don't forget to let them know the Tom Bernard family sent you and ask for the Tommy B deal deal. Go to walzer.com and select the Walzer Nissan store nearest you. Two sixty nine per month for 24 months. 10,000 miles per year. 5,900 do it signing. Vin PC 261725. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. If you've been hurt in a car collision, it's traumatic enough. You don't need to waste time and energy on the legal stuff. Think of us as a partner who will guide you through the process. First off, you need to recover, but part of that is getting the compensation you deserve. At Bradshaw and Bryant, we'll work hard so you can get the rest you need during the trying months after a personal injury. At Bradshaw and Bryant, we understand how important it is to make our clients comfortable. So we build each client relationship on the pillars of honesty and transparency. Don't miss out on what's rightfully yours. We'll go to bat for you. For your free case consultation, please visit minnesotapersonalinjury.com. That's minnesotapersonalinjury.com. I'm Mike Bryan. I hope you're never injured in a collision. But if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to Bradshaw and Bryant. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. With Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. You know what I'm learning about being a... How many weeks we've been on uh, on YouTube now? A couple uh, of weeks? A few yeah, weeks? Yeah, a few so weeks, yeah. Been a few weeks? I think we got about 25 shows up, yeah. Oh, great. Now I understand why my life has been so difficult. I've never noticed this before. Hmm. You know, watching myself move on, on live screen, yeah. that whole deal. I do have the eyes of a murderer. It is true. Yeah, you're... <laughs> I never knew that before. I look at my eyes right now. I was like, God, you look like you're psychotic. I know. I tell people all the time. They're like, I'm scared to go talk to Tom. And I go, oh, no, that's just his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. I've never noticed that before. But, yeah, I could see why some people, if I look at them, it looks like I want to kill them. At least people Those are... Those dark, hollow eyes. <laughs> hollow eyes, man. People keep accusing me of being bored because I just stare off at you or something. At least yours is murderous. Mine's just... <laughs> she doesn't look entertained. <laughs> My eyes are murderous. That's exactly... Yeah, so I understand why people now go, oh, God, let's get away from him. Yeah. I do understand. There's no question. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we got Kent with us as well. Yeah. Magnificent. Morning. Minnesota, God, every week I have to say, Minnesota legend Kent Herbeck. I'm going to have to burn in hell for that, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all true. You're going to have to realize, I guess, that's true. That it's true that you are a Minnesota legend. <laughs> There's no getting around it. Minnesota legend Kent Herbeck Sports is brought to you by Killebrew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda at the ballpark up north or in your fridge. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. I'll tell you what. I just did a speech on Monday night uh, with Jim Lundeen from Killebrew Root Beer. A bunch of people, a couple hundred people showed up for, uh, to, to congratulate three young teen, uh, well, they were 18 years old, 
They got scholarships off to college. What a nice night that was. Uh, all those people were there. And now they, they gave me a job. They said, we got everybody to come. I mean, everybody has done that speech out there, mm-hmm. except for Kent Herbeck. They can't kind of track him down. Birthday boy? Well, he's a, he's a legend, you know. That Kent Herbeck is a I heard he's a Minnesota legend. That's what I've heard. It's all true. Kent, how was Vegas? How was your birthday? Oh, birthday was awesome. That's Thank great. you. Vegas was awesome. was fun. That sounds crazy. Um, I didn't lose my money out there. I know where it is. I didn't lose it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. I'm glad wow, so that. wait a second. So I, I'm sorry, Kent. I'm, I'm just Googling your birthday. I didn't know so many Minnesota sports luminaries had birthdays last weekend. Ken Herbeck, Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings coach, Phil Mackey had a birthday on May 20th. I mean, the the Minnesota sports luminaries that were born toward the end of May. Uh, Pretty pretty incredible. Brittany Arneson had a birthday on Tuesday. JB had a birthday yesterday. (laughs) Gogo has a birthday Sunday. And Fawn's birthday is today. Wow. So I guess Rudy and I go. Let's all go back to Vegas. Let's all go. Come on. This weekend. You know. We are going to set up a trip one of these. Days. And I, I, look, I, I want it to be in November this year. So we all got to go on that deal. Oh, you know what? I should ask a question because my neighbors, I promised my neighbors, because we get together just about every Friday night in the summertime, just sit outside and they have a little beer, wine. We grill out, do all that stuff. But on, now I've had like uh, Jimmy Francis is called and said he wants to bring his his barbecue truck to my house. Nice. And then we got a call from Tyre Carvey. He wants to bring his ice cream truck to that thing as well. Oh, hell uh, yeah. So i got to figure when all you guys can come to my house for this thing, we'll get my neighbors and all the people on the show and advertise and stuff and come to the house. Uh, and I, I guess we can even bring her back. Maybe. Uh, you know, We'll see if we As can. long as he brings a food truck up here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Well, well, you do live in my neighborhood. So I live right down the block. It's true. Right. I lived there first, so I get to claim it was my neighborhood. That's true. There's no question about it. But <laughs> I want to get that thing going maybe sometime in June or mid-July or some damn thing. So I've got to, I, I to start going around figuring out when everyone can show up. That would be a lot of oh, fun. Oh, good luck. Yeah, good luck trying to put that together when everybody's around. Yeah, that's going to be a bitch, isn't it? There's no question about it. So we've got a we've got a mixed Sterling thing that we uh, that he's going to do for us. We bought at a uh, at a live auction deal at one of our ALS events this summer. Seven okay. of us went on it and bought a mixed Sterling deal. And you know what? We can't get a date together because nobody can figure out when they can all be together. Right, right. So do you know do you know Mick at all, Mick Sterling? Yes, great. Yes, I don't know him personally. I know him. I've talked with him. Blah blah blah. But I'm gonna go watch. Oh, he's a great guy. He was a good friend of my brother Troy's. Unfortunately, Troy's no longer with us. But he and uh, Mick and Troy were good friends, no question about it. But yeah, great guy. Really good guy. Yeah, he does some great shows. We have yeah, we have mm-hmm. a great time uh, watching him going out to go out to different places and watch him perform. And he does all those little gigs with you know like a Billy Joel night or a. Or whatever this night, that night. But he he does a great job, and does a lot of great work for uh, charities and stuff, raising money. Yep, gets a lot of his time away. Pretty no cool doubt about it. Phil, what time do you have to be off by thirty seven? Is that right? Yeah, if you give uh, me help by about thirty eight, I can avoid getting slapped upside the head by Judd and Patrick Royce. So. Okay, I just yeah. wanted to make sure that I get you out on time because it, it now, especially with with Judd, he bounces around. He can go like thirty seven, then forty five, then thirty seven again. So he, he yeah, well, he's out. yeah. I mean, he's just uh, you, you can pretty much just you can pretty much do whatever you want with Judd, and we'll cover for him on the back end if uh, if if we need to. He's a disaster. Let's be honest. You're saying what an un what an unkept horrible human being that Judd Zolgad is. <laughs> Phil, are you saying he's a non-essential? Is that what you're saying? Ooh, non-essential. That's harsh. <laughs> no, he's he's very much he's very much. We we sent Judd to Vikings. You know they have like for baseball you've got spring training uh-huh. and then the season starts. Yep. And then the season ends and you go do whatever you need to do for 3 months. In football, they have all these off-season workouts. So Jeb was at the oh, they're yeah. called OTAs, the yep. organized team activities yes. this week. So we did send him wow. an assignment. Baseball should do that, Herbie, like in December. We should just put together some organized team activities, put a couple balls on a tee and Make yeah, you guys called, work out in the middle of the off season. In our days, it was called sitting at the bar. 
<laughs> the SABs, yes. Yeah, there you go. The SAB. OTA, SAB, whatever the hell it is, it all works out in the end. No OTAs, yeah. okay. Yeah, we didn't have anything like that. We weren't qualified, apparently, for that. Fellas, I got to ask you a question. I'm talking, this is for, for Kent and Phil. What in the hell is with all the errors in Major League Baseball this year? My God, five, six errors in some games. What is going on? Go ahead, Phil. I was in Vegas. Boy. I was in Vegas. <laughs> Boy. I mean, yeah, what are we, are we, are we swapping out gloves for ping pong paddles? What's, what is happening? I guess I haven't, I don't get it. I haven't noticed it as, I mean, there's, there's errors in baseball games, but yeah, I think maybe it kind of feels like, you know, the last five or 10 years, there's been such an obsession with hitters trying to create launch angle yeah, and, yep, you know, yep. all this stuff. Like there's this obsession with, I feel like hitters have become like golfers where, you can go into a batting cage like you like you go to a golf range and you get a top tracer and they'll you get all these sure. analytics for putting the right spin on a baseball or whatever. It's like does anyone feel grounders anymore? And I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like for a long time in baseball, and maybe I'm maybe I sound like an old curmudgeon now, you took probably a lot more infield practice a couple hours before a game, sometimes, you know, yeah. six hours before yep. a game. I don't yep. know how often I think teams are emphasizing resting more. Hey, why don't you you know, optional batting practice. I just don't know how much work is being put in before games compared to maybe when Kent played. That's just my well, dumb theory, I, I guess. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, it looks like a pretty good theory to me. I, I know that the team worked a lot. It sounded like they worked a lot different on uh, on fielding and and plays and stuff in spring training this year. That was a little more emphasized. Um, I know the guys take ground balls and stuff during batting practice when if they do take batting practice right um but you know you don't take infield anymore we always have to go and take infield before every game um you know right before the game would start we'd run up down or down the stairs i guess at the ballpark and at the dome and and uh go take infield turn around come right back up put your gamer you know game uniform on and go play but they don't do that anymore um yeah you know what i, I don't know if they work as hard um uh, on fielding, um, I don't. I did, have you seen the numbers, Tommy? Are they really are they way off? Are they way different? Well, I mean, yeah, the the errors being committed, and there is a question that I have for everybody here about that in a second. But uh, the Twins' last game, their opponents, uh, San Francisco, had three errors. The Twins had two errors, five errors in one game. You know, here's another what? theory. Here's another theory for you guys. All right, I'm just I'm completely making this up anecdotally, but I think I think it might be true. So compared to and baseball's trying to fix this by eliminating the shift, right? They're trying to get yeah, more yeah, more yep. action in the games. But yep. I feel like again, the last ten years, baseball has gravitated toward a lot more home runs, a lot more strikeouts, yes. a lot more walks. Yep. And a lot fewer ground balls up the middle or so it maybe 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 they're just seeing fewer batted balls than they would you know 20 years ago because because yeah, hitters yeah, have kind of an all-or-nothing approach at the plate i don't know well and they also have this way to catch pop-ups and fly balls now where they used to put the the glove kind of just left of their face but now they, it's way left of their face and they kind of catch it like a little baskety thing. Do you, what? do you remember do you guys remember Andrew Jones? Oh yeah. The brave I've, center fielder from yep. 20 25 years ago? Yep. And I, I mean it made it made baseball people irate, but he used to catch fly balls sort of backpedaling around his waist with yeah, a basket. The He'd basket do the basket catch, catch by his waist. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 400 foot fly ball on the warning track and he just nonchalantly catches it by his waist. <laughs> These guys, yeah, they stick their glove up like about a foot and a half from their head, and I'm saying, don't you get a better line on it if it's closer to your noggin? Am I wrong yeah, about that, Ken? You would think so. It's uh, yeah. I guess we're all doing stuff different. I don't, I don't get it, but uh, oh, so you noticed that too, Kent? Yeah, I've noticed that they made they're, they're catching balls different off to the side, way yeah. off to the side. They used to try to get behind the ball as best you could. I guess, yes, but I guess that's the way they. Must be the way they're learning, or you're. I don't know. I don't remember Ricky Henderson. Remember oh, sure. Henderson, he used to do the snap thing. He mm-hmm. used to catch snap his yes. glove down, and I actually saw him one time snap a little too soon, and it didn't uh, stay in his glove. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> uh oh. You know, he had this little hot doggy type thing, and it cost him, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just. You don't see guys using two hands to catch a ball anymore, or. No. You know, 
No, well, you don't. The people who are anti-pitch uh, clock will tell you all this is because of the pitch clock. Why would you catch it side to the side of you because of a pitch clock? No, not that part. That oh, the, not that part. The, the errors are being made because of the pitch clock because guys aren't, aren't getting enough rest in between innings. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just they're, throwing they're just it out exhausted. there. Yeah. yeah, they're exhausted out <laughs> they there. They can't the even field. bend over. They're so tired. To, uh, let's let the ground ball go through. But uh, Phil is right. It's partly because uh, they don't um, – they don't see a lot of ground balls. Um, no, I suppose. You know, when I worked go for softball, and they, uh, we had a couple of pitchers who were strikeout pitchers. I mm. mean, it was tons and tons of strikeout, and all of a sudden balls got put in play, and our infielders were just, <laughs> you know, they were pretty good infielders, but they, you know, they spent five innings never seeing a ball hit, and then all of a sudden balls <laughs> started Right. And it's like, what the heck's going on? Right. And, you know, you, coach would have to go out and calm them down and say, hey, you know how to r- field a routine ground ball. Let's get this back together and figure something well, out. It's, yeah, it's just being it's just being ready and right. being prepared, blah, blah, blah. But uh, you think you'd be more prepared because the pitchers, well, now with the pitchcock, which pitcher people, I like the pitcher who worked faster, you know, right. in the ball yep. game, keep you on your toes rather than sitting there watching them walk around the mound and, Watch the guy by the batter's box put on his knee guard, his leg guard, and re-strap his, his batting gloves, and then, boom, you get one pitch. And then same thing happens again. I like the pitch clock. I think it's worked out great, and I yep. think it's kept the game moving. So. You know, uh, I once uh, had a fly ball bounce off my head Jose Canseco Ow. style in high school, which if you're wondering why I never was a major league player, that's just uh, you know one anecdote. Herbie, what's the most embarrassing error you ever made in a baseball game? Most embarrassing error I ever made in a baseball game was uh, thought it was the third out. Turned around to flip the ball. Back in the day, we used to flip the ball to the umpire because then he would go put it sure. on the mound. Yep. Turned around and flipped the ball to the umpire, and there was a guy at second base. Ooh. And as I let the ball go, the umpire kind of looked at me and just stepped aside and watched the ball go bouncing down. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's rough. Who was yeah. it? Wasn't it? Was it Larry Walker who gave, he did the same thing, but he Larry gave the Walker, ball to a yeah. fan yeah. in the front row? Yeah, yep. and he yep. had to go back yep. and retrieve the ball and <laughs> take it away from the little right. kid. Uh, yeah, that's happened to a few people before. It's happened to me, so I wasn't the only guy that lived to death. But yeah, there's been a couple times where I went to flip the ball. The umpire went, uh, "Oh, oops! There's only two outs." Only- yeah. <laughs> I well, I was a uh, team manager for a um, uh, Legion team in St. Yeah. Louis growing up, and. Get, you get towards the part of the end of the season, and guys are starting to go off to college. So your roster shrink, oh, yeah. shrink, shrink, yep. and all of yep. a sudden it was eight players, and it was like, well, to be on the bench, I had to have a uniform on, even though I was just right. there to like keep score and do some other thing. And there's like, uh, you're gonna have to go out in right field today, and Why? it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't have enough. We didn't only had eight players that day. And they were like, oh, you have to go out to right field. And um, I was kind of feeling big about myself because my first official at bat was a, a RBI double off the best pitcher in the um, league. But somebody hit a ball up to me in right field. And, I, you know, it was a ground <laughs> ball. I picked Uh-oh. it up. I picked it up and I went to throw it. Only problem is I released it and it went behind me. Behind you, no. that'll do it. Yeah, that'll <laughs> so do I it. Had to run, pick it up, throw it back in. Called time. Umpire calls time because he's laughing so hard himself that the umpire is laughing so hard at me that uh, you know the game stopped for about ten minutes where everybody stood around and laughed at me. <laughs> Poor guy, just. <laughs> You know, this this exact not the not the error in right field, but this sort of emergency right fielder situation happened with Joe Maurer one time. Really, about ten or eleven years ago, and the, so the Twins they had some some guys who were injured but not quite on the disabled list yet. So they only they didn't have a full allotment of bench players. So they were trying to call up. Remember the Australian second baseman Luke Hughes? Yes, who was in the oh, Twins yeah. system, and yeah. uh, and so they were trying to get Luke in from. Rochester from the AAA team to to be essentially the ninth guy in the field, 
So he had his headphones on at the Rochester, New York airport, was sitting at the wrong gate and missed his flight. Oh. Oh, and he, no. he he looked around. And he realized, oh God, the flight left. I've just had my headphones on, and so you know, word trickles into the clubhouse, and Ron Gardenhire is trying to figure out, all right, what do we do here? They needed a right fielder, and so Gardy went into the training room, and Justin Morneau and Joe Maurer were sitting in there, and said, I need one of you guys to play right field today for the first time in your life. <laughs> and they looked at each other. I think Morney might have said, ah, I think that's on Joe. So Joe Maurer stood out in right field for three hours in a Major League Baseball game. I think he got one fly ball, but that has happened in a Major League Baseball game before. <laughs> Phil's got to go, unfortunately. He's got that packed schedule, of course. Yes, very popular. Very popular, yes. Very, very popular, popular man. Okay, as Are you... you a legend or a luminary? Oh, I like it. <laughs> I, think I, I think I'm a loser, actually. I think that's all. <laughs> why don't we close with this one, Phil? I just got a text. I got a text message from a listener that said, uh, "Why don't you ask Kent the biggest error he's ever made?" Oh, that's right. You can't because he'll answer becoming friends with Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Being on this show. Being on yeah. this show is the biggest error I've ever made. Same. Same. <laughs> all right, Phil. Like, people like me. We'll talk to you Monday, Phil. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Yes, uh, Phil Mackey, ladies and gentlemen. You, Kent, you, you got a couple more minutes, don't you, Kent? Yeah, fine. All right, because I, I just one thing I did want to bring up to you, um, this framing the pitches behind the plate now, is okay. this exposing umpires to being as bad as they are? My God, some of those pitches are a foot outside, and they call them a strike. Well, okay, here, here's my take on the gig. Okay, okay. okay. This is, this is my take on this strike zone and the umpire. So we all know that we make mistakes, right? I've made, I think, gee, I think I made, what, two in my life? Sure. Um, so they put this square thing up there mm-hmm. behind the, you know, in the screen, and you, you can see that now. And that isn't exactly, I don't think, always in the perfect spot. Oh, sure. As yeah. well, because yep. there's different camera angles from center field they take the you know they take the camera angle from center field that you're watching on TV. Not every camera's in the same spot, so you're getting a different angle. Um, yes, I know some umpires have bad days behind the plate. Some umpires have good days at the plate. I myself have had many bad days at the plate where you're thinking, you know, you see some of these times these guys at the plate go they jump they jump back and they think the ball's way inside. Matter of fact, I think it happened to Kirloff the other day. Um, just I think one. He thought the pitch was way inside, and it was strike three, and right. he argued and said, oh, they smoked that ball's way inside, and was joined with the umpire, and then they, then you look on the screen and on the box, and it, and it hit the you know hit the corner. Um, I think the box thing, first of all, has screwed up. Everybody was trying to figure out if that's a strike or not. Right, that's, right. That's TV's strike zone. Is that the umpire's strike zone? Maybe not, but... Um, it's not easy back there. The umpire doesn't know what's coming. I mean, they, they've seen a zillion pitches. I know that's their job. I get it. But, uh, hey, I don't know. I, they're talking about going to the strike zone thing, you know, the no strike zone or no umpire deal with the with the automatic strike zone. Um, let's just play the game. And I mean, I got tossed. I think two or three times during my career for arguing balls and strikes because I didn't think you know they were strikes, but apparently they were. God, I don't know. Did I answer your question? Did no, I answer you did. Question? Did, I just, did I just ramble? No, you. Do you think they should just take away the the pitch frame? Uh, I think that would. I don't know if that would. Yeah, would help us watch the game better and not complain about. Geez, right. that one hit. That one hit the corner of the the frame. Um, you know what? It's and you watch some of the old time games. You know, back in the fifties uh, and sixties, whatever, black and white, and you see some of these pitchers that these that these catchers catch, and the umpire slings his arm up, strikes three. It didn't look like it was anywhere near the plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I just think that box has really made things tough. And and what do, if they do? They have it right in the same exact area. I know they don't change it for, you know, if. Aaron Judge comes up, or if like Freddie Potek, you remember Freddie Potek? Sure. Mm-hmm. Freddie, sure. Do they do they change the the box size? No, but they should, right? Because these guys have different strike zones. They do. You're right. That's a so, very good point. Um, I don't know. I, I it just gives a reason 
gives people a reason to bitch, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, yeah, you're probably right. There's no doubt about it. All, all I know is I'm eternally grateful for the Minnesota Twins and all they've done for me. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> well, yeah. I, know, I know people complain they wanted that box for a long yeah. time on yeah, TV, yep. and then they got it, and now it feels like people are going, ooh, maybe we made the wrong choice. Yep. And yep. the NHL did something like that, too. People would complain that they couldn't see the puck down in the corner. Oh, so they lit it up. So they lit it up with yeah. that red circle. That's right. And it would like when it would go behind the boards, the technology was amazing because it would see through the boards. You could see the puck. And then after like a season and a half, people just went, Can you get rid of that stupid red dot? Because it just <laughs> all I'm doing is watching that red dot instead of watching yes. the game. It's right. very, very yeah. true. It's yeah, it's a it's a different thing. And I you know, they keep talking about I guess they're doing it down in they're doing it in St. Paul. I thought was it every other three games, they're they're using the the the, uh, the umpire, the fake robo, umpire, robo um. robo um. Oh, they yeah. are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what what happens with that. But uh, you know what? Let's play the game. Let's have fun. The boys are doing well. Um, you know, still in first place. What couple games up over Detroit? Um, Toronto in town. Got the the folks from up north in town. Probably be a pretty good crowd at the ballpark this weekend with. Uh, a lot of people from Canada coming down. It usually happens, so it should be a should be a fun Memorial Weekend at the ballpark. It should be indeed. All right, Pally. Well, like I said, every time I talk to you, I just think of the fact that at my bachelor party in 1984, I had it in section 225 at the uh, at the old dome, and a guy with the initials KH hit a 450 foot home run, and I'll never forget it. So. There you go. Even though you turn on me once in a while, I'll never turn on you. <laughs> and Ken Horseman remembers that day as well. <laughs> Ken Horseman, one of the great players of all time. There's no doubt about it. Kent, uh, all right, you guys have a great Memorial weekend. Have fun. Be safe. Drive safe. All that other kind of stuff. And go Twins. You Bye, Kent. Thanks, Kent. See you. Have great a good one. You too. Ken Herbeck, ladies and gentlemen. Minnesota legend, as it says here. Luminary. Luminary Minnesota legend. Ken Herbeck, sports brought to you by Killebrew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda at the ballpark up north or in your fridge. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Still one of my favorite stories. I think I've told you guys this before. Kent Herbeck. He's driving along and some guy's tailgating the piss out of him. So Kent taps his brakes. And the guy got very pissed off at Kent about it. Waves him over to the side of the road uh, and didn't work out too well for the guy in the other car, if you know what I mean. Yeah. There might have been a little bit of a tussle that the guy didn't win. Oh, my <laughs> And I said, Kent, God. is that true? And I, he goes, oh, yeah, I guess so. I said, what's that all? And he goes, hey, shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get. I'll never get out of my car. I would oh, no. never. You I would never want to pull get out of your over. Car. I would never get out of my car. People that do. I just don't. I would never. I will. You can follow me home yep. or wherever. I I'm agree. not. Good luck. I agree with you completely. Thank you again to Phil Mackey and Kent Herbeck. We'll take a break. Right back with Timmy Lammers, Mister Movie. Right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell and My Pillow are launching My Pillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with the brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. Say goodbye to tossing and turning and flipping your pillow over in the middle of the night. And more great news on the MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free offer with promo code TOM. MyPillow 2.0, with its temperature-regulating technology, is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to receive the MyPillow 2.0 buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Promo code TOM or call 800-516-5146 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. 
Hi, this is Judd Zolgad. You know, summertime weather is here, and that means fun in the sun. The beach, ballpark, or barbecues are even more enjoyable when you're healthier and more active. Let Livia Weight Control Centers help you make the most of our beautiful summer days. Livia's premier all-access offer of 50% off, plus a free gift, is on now, but exclusive for one week only. You could lose up to 15 pounds or more by the 4th of July. Imagine that. They'll help you develop a personalized nutrition plan that's doctor-recommended. I lost 40 pounds a couple of years ago, and here's the best part. Livia is going to help you just like they did me keep that weight off so their dietitians and nutritionists not only help you shed those excess pounds but keep them off as well summertime is here and livia wants you to make the most of it call 855 go livia or visit livia.com that's l-i-v-e-a.com livia's premier all access offer 50 percent off plus a free gift exclusive one week only call 855 go livia or visit livia.com livia Voted Minnesota's best weight loss program two years in a row. Offer ends on Friday. The new Tom Bernard Morning Show is proud to have partners like Bradshaw and Bryant, MyPillow, and North American Banking Company founder, chairman, and president, Mike Bilski. I've advertised on Tom's show for years, and the reason is simple. My business is recognized because of the ads, and that recognition has created growth. What business doesn't want to grow? I highly recommend the Tom Bernard Morning Show for your advertising. Grow results for your business by partnering with the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Visit TomBernardShow.com, keyword partner. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show podcast. What do you mean someone will piss me off? You mean someone has pissed me off? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're now joined by the lovely and talented Bob Sansevier in studio. Did I take some midget seat here? Because this microphone, I'm like crouched over to to. Uh, That's a to very, speak. very offensive Excuse word. Me. Did There's I take no... a little person spot? <laughs> hey, you took mine, Bob. Thanks. Thanks oh. for pointing it out. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, there you go. Son of a bitch, Sandy. <laughs> so, well, now people can finally see what I, I guess they could, right? What I look like. There, There's nothing wrong with that. You're a handsome Italian yeah. devil. Well, I, I, no comparison being next to JB. Well, yeah, I mean, that's oh. a different kettle of fish. And JB, my uh, my sister and my brother, I haven't done it. They did the ancestry.com. Mm-hmm. We may have some bloodlines. There is, no. There's definitely something about that Middle Eastern and, you know, no, south no, no, no. of uh, Italy influence. It's called the Moors, Bob. Yes, the Moors. <laughs> it's the Moors, Bob. They did more or less. They did quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the explanation in the movie about oh, the yes. Moors? Oh, Phenomenal. you don't want to repeat that on the air. Tom, I, I had a friend who I... I think you've met. He's an attorney. He would, he'd have parties and play that scene for people. Oh, I know. I <laughs> My know. God. Yeah, great, so. great, great, great grandmother. <laughs> oh, 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 settle down. Ladies and gentlemen, Timmy Lammers brought to you by Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Personally injured, personal injury lawyers, excuse me, seeking justice for the injured. Timmy Lammers. Timmy's with us. Sandy's with us. JB with us. And the other hun yucks like Brittany. <laughs> Rudy and me. That's all I have to say. We're happy to join the Hunyucks. Full house today, man. This is great. Oh, and it's wonderful. JB, JB I, I, I sent you a little birthday wish on Yeah, uh, I saw it. Thank oh. you. When was your birthday? Happy birthday. Yesterday. Well, I'm like 364 days early or whatever it is. <laughs> yes, you yeah. are. There you go, Sandy. JB is what? What are you now? 61. 61. Dude doesn't age, man. He, is he does not. It's true. Now the rest of us. Hey, uh, hey, <laughs> Whoa, I'm still a teen Excuse mom me. in my mind. Yeah. Excuse a me, me. Sorry about that. Uh, but hey, baby. Yeah, and uh, Sanny, we just talked. We did. To, we did a, the BS like show earlier. Minutes ago. I can't yeah. say anything because I know what rating he's giving. Unless he changed it. <laughs> <laughs> to the Little Mermaid. But I got to talk about FUBAR, too, baby. I know you had somebody from FUBAR and, uh, as did. a guest the other day. We did indeed. It was terrific. Yeah, yeah, she plays Arnold she would... Schwarzenegger's wife in the series. But first, The Little Mermaid, 1989. You know, with these, they're running out of films to adapt from animated to live action. And some have been hits. I love Cinderella. I love The Jungle Book. The Lion King basically was a note-for-note remake of the animated film, except for it was in CGI. So it's like, well, what, what new are we getting here? And then the lowest of the low was Tom Hanks as Geppetto and Pinocchio. Oh, just terrible. Terrible That's adaptation. What I heard. Like, yeah, heard, and it's yeah. like, when are you going to stop with this? Well, it seems like of all of those classics, 
I guess have they? I think they are doing a Snow White. Yeah, so we got Snow White coming. Oh yeah, okay. Um, but you know, of the contemporary ones, Little Mermaid seems to be the last one because obviously we had Mulan and Beauty and the Beast and all those. And uh, you know, it, it it really is one of my favorites of that era. So naturally, it's like, oh my God, you know, whenever you take a risk of adapting it, you know, is it going to work or not? And I think this one really does work. Um, I, I'll t give you the rating right away. Seven out of 10 on the Lamameter. What they do with this film is they take it from that one hour and 24 minute runtime with that animated. Now it's two hours and 15 minutes. Oh, of course it is. Well, that means they expand the storyline, which means they throw in three more songs, which feel oh. really out of place. You know, I, I, I don't understand that because the film itself feels fresh enough the way it is. You know, it's live action. You got CGI, you know, bright colors, beautiful singing. I mean, everybody in the cast is terrific. Halle Bailey as Ariel, uh, Javier Bardem as King Triton, Ooh. Uh, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. I mean, it's just a knockout, fabulous cast, right? So all of the elements are there to make it a success. It's just that, okay, because we're giving you the extra time, do you really need that extra time? Uh, and again, three more songs. And again, the original songs in the, broad, in the um, animated version feel Broadway. And I guess maybe because Hamilton was a Broadway play and Lin-Manuel Miranda did a terrific job at merging the pop and the rap sensibilities in there. Mm -hmm. Little Mermaid actually has sort of a rap tune. And it's like, you know, I, I get what you're trying to do, Lynn. You did it once before successfully, but it just doesn't seem to fit in here. Right. So, I mean, there are going to be differences here. But I saw this with my oldest daughter, who The Little Mermaid was her, her favorite film growing up as a kid. Um, and we both had smiles on our face at the end. And that's what you really want. You know, you can disagree with certain things like, oh, my God, they don't need that extra music. They don't, you know, as far as expanding the story, it doesn't really seem like it goes fast. I will say two hours and 15 minutes goes fast. But I, I don't know. They, I, I don't think it needed the extra music. But other than that, it's really a fresh and fun and bright and happy adaptation. Glad to hear it. And what what are we talking? This is Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Yeah. Do we yeah, need another so, Little Mermaid? You know, again, we're going to get Snow White yet. We already got yeah, the Pinocchio remake. I just think, you know, at, at some point they got to let it go. They got to come up with fresh new material. Yeah. And I understand that's hard. This is intellectual property, a very valuable IP for yeah, Disney. Yeah. So naturally, they're going to milk the sucker. <laughs> See, I know? thought Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pinocchio was phenomenal. Yeah, and but that was based on the original Carlo Collodi yes. tale. Yeah, you know, and it is a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal film, yep. which you should see on Netflix, mm -hmm. uh, and on Netflix, Fuba. Fubar, effed up beyond all recognition. Of course, that acronym mm -hmm. is for. Now, what was my main complaint with uh, the Fast Ten last week? That it came out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> well, that you know, too. It's just that Vin Diesel for some reason has to go full Brando oh, God, on us and be guy. all serious and stuff. Now, Bob oh. hasn't seen it yet. He was going to rush on see it and. There's nothing you can say to keep him from this film. Okay. No, I got to see it. My sons, it's, I can't get one of them to say, yeah, let's go. They're all been busy. Yeah. Well, so, so when you see it, I mean, I think what I liked before about it when The Rock was involved was that it didn't take itself too seriously. And I think that is the right. key to the success of FUBAR. You know, Arnold has started poking fun at himself prior to this. Good. You know, in The Expendables, get to the chopper. You know, you actually hear him say Chapa, Chapa. at one point here. Yeah. It's really, right. really funny. But he gets it. He's in on the joke with this, and he's having the time of his life. Him and Vin Diesel, they, you know, measure up about, about the same as actors, right? Yes. But at least Arnold gets it, you know? And he is, believe it or not, really, really funny in this show. Um, so it's about he's an ex, well, not ex quite yet, but he's 
on his last day as a CIA agent, he's supposed to extract uh, another agent out of Guyana or someplace like that. And uh, the agent actually happens to be his daughter, who is living under the roost that she is going to third world countries and helping with, you know, clean water issues and all that sort of stuff. So that was her excuse for being gone all the time. But uh, I want to say Melissa, Monica Barbaro, Barbaro, she was in Top Gun Maverick last year uh, as one of the pilots. She is the daughter. She's terrific. Those two have a great chemistry together. Um, Arnold's thing with the wife who you had on as a guest uh, this week uh, he's trying to rekindle their marriage. They divorced 15 years earlier because of his job. He had to be gone all the time. And uh, so it's it's kind of like a, the way the family gets involved, it's sort of like True Lies. It's almost like a, a sequel to True Lies with different characters. Mm-hmm. Same sort of thing where the family is kind of involved with the whole spy game. I don't know. It sounds good. It sounds like it might be good. What did you think? Oh, I loved it. I mean, now, again, this is the sort of thing, you know, my oldest daughter and I, we, we watch most of the stuff together. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Mainly it's the horror stuff because she likes that. And I thought there's no way she's going to want to watch FUBAR. She loved it as much as I oh, did, good. which good. is a good sign. And again, she told me, she goes, I'm not that big on Schwarzenegger, but you know what? He is so funny in this. And it's not because you're laughing at him. You're laughing with him. And that, there's a big difference there. So, but it's got a great cast all around. I mean, it is so damn much fun. Uh, and you can power watch it this weekend if you want. All episodes, uh, eight of them are on Netflix right now. We'll get her done. That's all I have to say. I am. I am on episode three of Jury Duty. So I'm oh, watching, good, that, good. I'm watching no. it tonight. Oh, oh okay. I think yep. the show is really going to kick in for you in episode three. Oh, that's what uh, I hear. I think yeah. It really gets funny. And I'm just going to give you a little tip off. Watch out for a sketch that uh, James Marsden composes while looking at a witness on the witness stand. I think he's great. I really like him. Oh, my God. He's so funny. And, again, it tells you a lot about him as a person, as a performer, when you're that willing to make yourself look like that big of a douchebag. Yeah. (laughs) You, You know, that's what you need. You can't take yourself too seriously with this stuff. And clearly James Marsden doesn't with this show. And I think that's part of the reason it's so great. Again, the whole show isn't about him. He's just mm-hmm. he's right. part of the ensemble because there are 10 other actors on this jury. And uh, I know that I think Ru- Rudy and Brittany had both seen it, right? Jury duty? Yeah, I've only seen uh, a couple episodes. And I would say I've, I've been having a lot of I had fun with it. I don't know if that same joke can hold for as long as the episode. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. it probably could have been shorter, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I treat yeah. it well. I wanted I'm to sorry, treat it yeah. like a watermelon Zima. It's good for one, but I'm not going to drink a whole 12 pack. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what, though? It really, really just escalates, though, as you go up. That's what I, I hear. mean, we yeah. were roaring out loud in three, four, and five, especially. It just got really, really funny. So I want to I know what JB is watching these days. Uh, I told Tom this last night. I watched Air yesterday oh, or yeah. early yesterday. Man, yeah. that's I was not. <laughs> it was terrible. What? Wow. Oh, JB, no it, way! Going against the grind, baby. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, part of it is I knew the story, but it was still it was like I don't know it was the way it was shot or something. It was just I just felt like what is this? I, yeah. For me, the best part of the movie is at the end when he's on the track. Sonny oh, okay. is on the track and he's gonna take up running and he, he's like I mean, as it fades out he's like this is terrible this is horrible what the hell are you people thinking for me I said going against the grind earlier is going against the grain it's funny because you're the first person <laughs> I've talked with that said they didn't like the movie no and I didn't like the way they made up um, the person that played his mother Oh, yeah. It was just way too much makeup. It Angela was, Bassett, right? Uh, no. Oh, it was Viola Viola Davis. Davis. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's just like she had way too much makeup. It was like, and made his father look like a buffoon. Mm. You know, I was just like, eh, okay. 
Well, I'm Michael getting... Jordan did sign off on the movie, though. I was so. going to say, yeah, it had his blessing, but I, I just wasn't. A, it just, it fell flat for me. So sure, sure. Well, well, anybody else who wants to see it, it's on Amazon Prime. You did mention Brittany, um, Angela Bassett's name. Have to tip of the cap to uh, Tina Turner. Oh, wanna, I love Tina Turner. Yeah, if you want to see a riveting film, I mean, just a gut punch of a movie because they get into the whole Ike and Tina thing. Angela Bassett and Lawrence Fishburne are phenomenal mm-hmm. in What's Love Got to Do With It. And, of course, uh, right out of the gate, one of the first tributes that I saw was from Angela Bassett this weekend, uh, week when Tina Turner passed. So, yeah. you know, if you can, I'm sure you can find that one on streaming. And now, there's also another documentary on Max, no longer HBO Max, but Max, uh, about Tina Turner's life that is also airing right now. So plenty of stuff out there uh, about Tina Turner that you can catch as well. All right, Timmy, thank you, sir. Another great report. Good to see y'all. Good to see you, JV. Hope yeah. to see you in Princeton soon and, and yeah. Bob as well. And I'll make it back in the studio one of these days with the rest of you. Sounds great. Bye, Tim. Thanks, Bally. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Stay safe. Now, you know, uh, you got uh, JB, you got Bob, you got me ready to bust our ass for another one. But you and Rudy, just go ahead and head home. <laughs> I got to go. Put your feet up. I'm on my talk tonight. Put or, your yeah. feet up. I got to go. Rest up, rest this vote, do my vocal exercise. Oh, God. Tom, let me, I'll just do the Britney imitation when she's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, because you look so riveting looking at a pen, (laughs) twirling it around. You know what I was sitting there thinking? Boy, Tim brings his A game to the Tom Bernard show. Not so much. I don't get that kind of enthusiasm. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. Pretty snazzy, man. No, he's good. He does it. He does a great job. All right. Thank you very much. And we'll be back in just about 15 minutes with the uh, family show, awesome. except for the two hunyucks I just mentioned, of mm-hmm. course. Because well. YouTube uploads itself. So yeah, exactly. I, I forgot about taking that. Taking the day off. There you go. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.